This is the whatever you say. This is the whatever you say podcast. This is the whatever you say podcast. I don't think it's white folks. I think it's Negroes. I do not think this is white folks. It could be. It could be white folks. But I think it's Negro. I think a Negro did this. This is the Whatever You Say podcast. All right, check, check. Is this thing on? Whatever You Say podcast. Ivory Towns. Back in the studio. Trying to bring you a little information. And listen, we got a special one. Because I have the first female in the Whatever You Say studios. Very first go-round. One time for the ladies out there. But first, let me... Let me uh, uh, offer up the uh, business side of things. Shout out to our sponsor, Cibo Alto. If you know, you know. Higher level cuisines. All the finest in your infused foods and snacks, if you will. That's right. Check them out on IG, Cibo.Alto. And also, Covington Heat and Air. Shout out to my folks over there. Check them out on IG at Covington Heat and Air. And you know what? Give them a call. Let them know you listen to the show and that you want their services. 20% off your uh, heat and air unit checkup, just like that. Covington Heat and Air. Check them out on IG and tell them Ivory Town sent you. Now, if you've been out and about in the city, and if it's anything got to do with black folks, the arts, uh, improvement, she's in her, and she's the person to talk about. Uh, we're talking about movies, writing, producing. Listen, OKC is uh, kind of moving forward, and she's in the front seat. And you want to call her a writer, a producer, a, I don't know, an actor? Uh, how about a, just a creator and overall curator and local codependent of everything black arts in OKC area? How about that? Welcome to Cole Jacqueline to the show, folks. That was great. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for coming in, man. And you were here exactly on time. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I take your time very seriously. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for giving us a little bit of yours. Like I said, though, in the intro, you're the first female I had in here. I'm honored. Huh? I didn't know I was the first female. Yeah. You know, well, you know, this is a little old podcast. We're trying to get it off the ground. You know, we're about, uh, what are we, 11, 12 episodes in, you know, just getting out there. But thank you so much, Nicole. I, I know you have a lot to offer to this conversation and to the overall, you know, progress in the art scene of Oklahoma City. Let's start it out with, are you from, you born and raised in Oklahoma City? No, I, no? I grew up as an Army brat, so like I was born in South Carolina, lived in Hawaii, Florida, ah. but I was raised in Lawton, and then I moved up here like eighth grade to the city. Raised in Lawton? Yeah. I said, let me get up out of there. There's nothing going on in Lawton. You know, if you stay too long, <laughs> stay, stay long, stay wrong. Nothing <laughs> but Fort Seal, man. <laughs> yeah. So so I get that about you. You know, you, you, you do have that, that kind of... The earth is my turf kind of aura to you, mm. you know, kind of a uh, listen, wh- wh- whichever way the, the, the wave is going, I can fit in there. An earthly sense to you, if that's not, hopefully that's not insulting. No. 
did any of those army kind of, I don't know, way of thinking, philosophies kind of break into you, break into your household? Trick mom and pops? Yeah, and everything was diverse. That's what I remember about growing up military. Yeah. Um, you know, on base, there were all races. And it wasn't really about, like, your race. It was just about how you were. And then that was the 90s, so, like, everybody was trying to be hard. So it was like, it, w- it was like whoever was the hardest, and you just group people together like that. But moving around so much, it kind of uh, helped me be the type of person that, like, wherever I'm going to be, you know, I'm just going to take advantage of the situation. And a little bit of everything, you know, opening to to everybody and, and to, to different opinions, different yeah. cultures. And, you know, um, was your time kind of traveling? Did that, I mean, of course, that molded you to where we are now, where, where we are in, the, in your arts as an adult. But what was some of those those time traveling and, and being the new girl every every other year at a different school in a different state? How'd that affect where we're at right now? It definitely helped me um, push past uh, shyness. Like, I'm still a little shy, but it, like, you almost have to have some type of, like, confidence being new. Like, I remember, like, my eighth grade year, I went to three different schools. Mm. So it was, like, being new every couple of months and then having to, you know, not come off scary, I guess. You know, when, you know, when you're a kid, you know, people try to, like, punch right. you and stuff. So... Just having to have that confidence. Um, I know when I uh, got older, like I went to college, I went to college at uh, Southern in Baton Rouge, and that experience showed me how different um, it was down there and how much they supported each other down there. Like Louisiana culture is Louisiana first and the rest of the world second. (laughs) So that, when I came back from there, it gave me a new perspective of how to be with people in Oklahoma. Army brat, raised on diversity, and then in your college years, you grow up a little bit. Now we're strictly HBCU and all around all black people. Yeah, and you know, that was on purpose because, like in Lawton, you know, it was, everybody was black, native, Mexican. Yeah. But when I came up to the city, um, I was in Putnam City District. And at that time, I felt like I remember looking around and it was like you say, 30 black people. And I wasn't used to that coming from Lawton. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then staying in that school district, like we didn't have any black teachers or counselors. And I just remember how it like made me feel. So I was just like, I, I want to go to an HBCU. How did that make you feel? What What, I mean, those basic kind of teenage issues that a teacher or a counselor or maybe a a friend that's not your, of your ethnicity just couldn't deal with, couldn't understand? It was like, uh, like I just remember like if it was like Tupac's birthday or something. <laughs> you know, like I remember like teachers like one Why is that so that, important to you? Like just went, and then, or they would like try to tell us how bad Tupac was. And it's like me and another black person in class. And I'm like, this is for us. This speech is for <laughs> us. Like, why are we even talking about this? Or like, I remember all the high school kids would go to Langston for a a high school day. And I remember they didn't want to let us go. And they were like, you know, they didn't want to let us go. Like, so we were like, okay, what if we just drove ourselves? And they're like, then you're going to be marked absent. It was like Uh, little stuff. And I was just like, I don't feel like y'all really for us over here. 
And now here we are, you know, however many years later, you see the CRT stuff going on. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's funny. It's all this time. A lot has changed, but not, not really. Yeah. Not really at times. So here we are um, in 2023. When did you graduate? When did you graduate high school, uh, college, I mean? I graduated college in 2006. 2006? What did you think of Oklahoma City? Was, was, that a, was that a parent's call? This is where we're at now. The Army had us do this, do that, or well, what, what made that migration back here? Because my mom, like when I was, I ended up in law end because my mom was stationed in Korea. So me and my brother went to stay with my grandma, but Lawton happened to be where my mom grew up too. So when she got out of the army, she was just like, okay, I don't want to raise you guys here because I know how Lawton can be. So she was focused on the city. So um, she was kind of like, oh, you know, there's a school called Millwood. It's a black private school. I want y'all to go. Well, my brother was graduating, but she was like, she wanted me to go there. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like excited, but she didn't find anywhere to live in Millwood District. So then she was like, use somebody's address. And then it didn't work <laughs> out. So I was just like, okay. I went from you selling me this Millwood dream to being at Putnam City. So <laughs> I was a little let down. And then. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, I was kind of like relieved because it was pretty peaceful for the most part in Putnam City District coming from law. And, you know, it's like before that people was fighting a lot law. And then I feel like when I got up to that part of the city, that district, everybody was kind of chill. Yeah. When the writing kick in, have you always been a been a good writer and interested? You keep a journal and all that coming up? Yeah, I used to write. Um to word up magazine as a kid word and okay they would actually print it <laughs> and it would start to scare me after like the second or third time they did it and i was like i'm start writing to them because i would be talking about celebrities what would you write like i remember uh brandy and mace had that sitting on top of the world and i had a crush on mace i was just like hating on brandy <laughs> <laughs> You didn't think they would? I didn't think that because I'm like, oh, a whole bunch of people are like writing to y'all. But then I was like, well, maybe not. Not Like maybe I'm like one of a couple. I don't right. know. But that's. Hating on bread. <laughs> that was big hating. I was like, what's she doing with Mace? But um, that was like the early writing. And then um, I will always just like tell stories. Whatever you, but say. Whatever you say. Then when I went to school, journalism. <laughs> that's how I got, I got into writing. Because I actually. I was gonna try to go major in business. My mom was like, "Would you like to write?" So I was like, "Oh yeah." So then I, I went the journalism route and was heavily like focused on that. Mm-hmm. Writing the Word Up magazine—that's a how to put that—that's that, a notch under the belt right there. And, and I had the <laughs> copies, but then it got lost in storage. Uh-huh. <laughs> we gotta—you gotta find those. I know. Like, put those out there. Where are those <laughs> magazines? There's a lot of. Uh, titles uh, attached to your name i mean i said i called you a curator i called you a creator a writer you know a producer um which one sticks out the most to you which one is is best suited for you you think i think uh writer i think that's what comes easiest um out of those yeah that was the first one to open up your eyes to the to the to the to the arts world and look what Look what these words can do to people. Words are powerful, man. They are. Words are real powerful. 
But let's get into the new new. What's going on right now? The latest is a documentary that you're a part of, Legacy of Black Cowboys in Oklahoma, called Writing Legacy. Yes. Tell me about that. What was your involvement with that? Uh, well, early last year, uh, Video Hero, he's one of the directors, mm-hmm. and we worked on projects before, but he reached out to me, and he was like, I want to do this documentary about uh, black cowboys, and... um he was like, I want you to be a part of it. And I was like, well, be a part of it. How? And then he, you know, he was just telling me, like, you can like ask the questions, all this stuff. So I was like, oh, okay. So um, I went out with him to a run, a practice of uh, GHB, one of the Pony Express teams. They were practicing in, like, the Spencer area. And I went out there and I watched them and I was just, like, really amazed. I was like, so this is happening all the time? Because it just seemed like I just went a couple blocks and all of a sudden... I turned into a like a Full whole other life, rodeo. Of, yeah, like a whole other life of Oklahoma, and yeah. it was just like, how did it take ten minutes to get into this lifestyle? But I was amazed that it's so close to Oklahoma City, but then they're like in a whole other like world and community. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm I'm not I'm not a cowboy at all, uh, but I do have family. My 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 family ties are. Uh, in Bowley, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. where where you know that was one of the few black towns, you know, um, this side of the Mississippi. Once you know, back in the day, once you start crossing over and heading west, and so there's a lot of pride, a lot of history, you know, that cowboy culture and rodeos, and it's still a part of Oklahoma City. You know, I'm sure you, just like everybody who lives in Oklahoma, if you talk to anybody out of town, if you go out of town, they still think there's horses and yeah. carriages down here, right? Yeah. And it, you catch us on the right day. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you catch us. Hey, if the weather's right, hey, you go see some of those horses out there. Man. Right. <laughs> how was that for you? I mean, be, just writing about that. You said, I don't know how much you knew about it before the documentary came out, but how was it finding out that, yeah, like you said, just so many minutes up the road, it's a whole nother world out there. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. So that was kind of a challenge because I'm thinking of like what to say to interview them, but realizing I don't even know the foundation. Like I had been to the Cowboys of Color Rodeo, but that was it. So I'm trying to think of questions for them. But um, at the same time, like it's funny because like you said, every every other state has that idea about Oklahoma that, you know, mm-hmm. we just ride around on horses. And I think Oklahoma has tried to like, at least black Oklahomans have tried to like get away from that. Like they were offended by that. But then I'm like, you know, we just got to embrace what our culture is. Cause we're always like, what's our culture? What's our culture? And it's like, well, that's a big part of it. You know, like if we stop running from what actually is our culture, you know, we could progress. That is, I mean, that is, I've always asked that question myself. What is Oklahoma's culture? But then to be more specific, you know, I'm coming out of the, out of the 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 radio uh, lifestyle. You know, you're talking about music. What is our sound? You know, what is Oklahoma's style? And I, I guess all those questions kind of line up next to each other. And really, it's like I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe just because our geographic proximity right there in the middle, you get a little bit of every influence. Yeah. You know, from everything. And I don't think like we we may be followers in Oklahoma, but we're not following each other. So hmm. 
like we're not gonna like how you go to Louisiana and they all got that either bounds or trap, but it's kind of the same. Atlanta is the same. New York mm-hmm. is the same. Like I don't think we'll ever be the same because we're never gonna rap like the person standing next to us. Like we're gonna always try to do the opposite or something different. I don't know as as far as the music scene, the art scene, whether we're talking movie making, documentaries, uh, you know, short stories. And I know that you have some experience with that, right? Uh, some yeah. short movie writing, directing. How'd you get get uh, into that? Um, when I, I started doing a web series called On the Scene in 2015, and that was about um, dating in Oklahoma City. I remember that. Whatever you say. And from there, it just kind of like continued <laughs> on to like, okay, well, somebody will have a short film idea or somebody want to do this. And just really whether like, okay, I may be writing it, but then you kind of have to do these other tasks too. Like you have to find the actors, um, book the locations. So then you become, you're becoming a producer, you're becoming a casting director. So then, you know, you may direct something. So now... It's like you're having to do it's all a lot these, going on. Yeah, all these tags. <laughs> so now you have these titles. Yeah. It was and I mean, is that something that you kinda con- you want to continue at some point or because it got kinda heavy, let's step back a little bit and focus on writing and maybe we get back to it. I would rather like focus on one thing if I'm gonna be in a project. Yeah. So if I'm the writer, then I just want somebody else to do the rest of the stuff. Like if you know, if I'm the producer, you know, or whatever, because I, I did so much of, of a lot of stuff for so long that now you have people that are actually getting experience in those areas, and I'd rather just let them do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I get you. Like, uh-uh, get somebody else to do it. <laughs> no, I, I get you. Listen, I'm doing this this little old thing here, man, just editing and putting it out, and, you know, that that's a, yeah, it's, it's a lot, man. And then you're talking about, you know, movies and now we're dealing with different energies from people. Now, you know, yeah. I got to, you know, if I want to write for someone, do you, do you have to know somebody? How much do you have to know somebody to to be a good writer for them? Um, or or is it their responsibility to fit in the story that you're writing? Well, I know I've had, like, people write books and say, can you turn them into screenplays? Um, but I think... Like if it was a book or you're or somebody already has an idea, you may have to do it with them and mm. sit around a lot and talk it out. Because if you just kind of like what I've experienced, if you just kind of take what you know and go with it, they'll be like, no, that's not what I wanted. And then you're like all oh, this back and forth. Right. Right. Yeah. Know, know your subjects if you want to get mm. get deep into something like that. Um, get back to the um, documentary. Video Hero and Keon Taylor are the directors on this one. Yes. What was their motivation? Was it simply just to promote Oklahoma? And and are they involved in the cowboy culture? They're not involved in the cowboy uh, culture. Uh, Keon, I think he said he'd never been to a rodeo before, but (laughs) but he has a sports background. So I think his interest was the athletic aspect of it. And just, you know, how they're athletes and wanting to capture them as athletes. Uh, Video Hero, he grew up in Spencer, so he grew up around it. He's not a cowboy, but he grew up around it. So I think he just kind of wanted to pay homage to what he grew up around. I do know uh, there's a lot of folks and, you know, some kids 
that are loyal to to that radio uh, the rodeo culture and you know kids are are, are coming up trying to what ride the bucking bulls and they yeah. start out with the with the small little ponies or whatever and and you know that's a it's a real deal man and and you get money for the winners and you know that's uh that's how some folks take care of their households i i, I respect them man that's some nasty falls i can't I take know. that i can't take that personally and i play sports i'm an athlete so i respect it respect it to the uh to the fullest we got Nicole Jacqueline in the Whatever You Say studios, and we're just talking just everything arts in here in the Oklahoma City area, and she has a hand involved in a lot of stuff. Outside of the documentary, you're heavy in the music scene here in Oklahoma City, specifically hip-hop. Listen, the first time I, I met this young lady, uh, I was working for a radio station, and we had a just an open call. You know, hip-hop, we call it the hip-hop bracket battle. We're going to have folks come in and spit a verse or do your best you can. Let the people kind of uh, point out their favorites. We're going to put them in, in bracket form and do it, you know, March Madness style. It was a lot of work to that. We never did get to the fully, <laughs> to, to the end of it. There's a lot of, it sounds good when you put it together, but once you start putting, putting heads together and, 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 and figures on paper, it uh it would uh you know it had a different outcome and it, it turned into something a little different. The salespeople got involved. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, but Nicole was right there. We did this thing for what about how long was that? A couple weeks. Yeah. You know, three four weeks, maybe a month. Like once or twice a week, we tell folks to come up to this. It was a clothing store at the time. It wasn't even a studio or anything like that. And we just record people rapping and you know cipher style. Folks just standing around and getting in there. And uh, it was cool. And Nicole was there like every day we did it, just just watching. You know, I thought she had some bars. The first, <laughs> the first day or two, I said, oh, okay, is she is she going to get in there or what? But you were just sitting there taking it all in, man. And, and, and I respected your, your dedication just to see what Oklahoma City had to offer. Yeah, that was like back in the days when I was really into management and managing artists. And um, Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> So, you know, I just always wanted to know what was going on and see. And I can still remember, like, a lot of those people that battled, and they were good. I remember Stutter battling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember Privilege came through. Um, who else? It was so many people. I remember, yeah, I remember Privilege came through. Um, rest in peace, my boy Toothrow, who, yeah. won, who won the thing. Um, L. Easy, I think, came through there. Uh, it was a bunch of cats. Some cats you never heard of that were damn good. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Kurt Dog came through and, and gave us something. Kurt Dog came in there. So I mean, it was a, it was a lot, man. If you if you were kind of if you were on the scene or if you you know what goes on in Oklahoma music scene, a few cats came through and we appreciated. Like I said, some fans just came through just to watch, like Nicole, and it was a <laughs> packed house every time we did it. Yeah, it was, it was cool. A, it was a good time for hip hop during that time in Oklahoma City. Now, I do remember you trying to manage artists. What, what's, what's going on with that? You still doing that? And these knucklehead artists, you just threw, <laughs> threw your hands up with them? Or what, what happened with that? You know, I was, I was really into it. But I think during the downtime, because I feel like artists kind of go through up and downtime, like times where they're really, really focused, really want to work on stuff. And then they kind of have the moments where they're just kind of like, 
focused on their personal lives or whatever. Right. So during those down times, I would, you know, creatively, I'd just be like, okay, what else could I be doing? And that's when I kind of, it kind of opened me up to start writing more. So then I just kind of was like, okay, I'm just going to focus on that. Cause like when you manage artists, it's almost like you're a manager, but you're almost like a personal assistant yeah. because they need a lot of your time. So I just knew I couldn't give one person that much time anymore. What what spawned that from the first, from the jump, just to get into the management? Did was it just just to be kind of on the scene and helping out somebody? Or uh, well, growing up, my brother always rapped, like from Law In. Um, yeah, when we were Law In, like when he was like I was like a kid, kid. He always rapped, so I was grew up going to his shows and um, and watching that. So I would. When I got older, I would try to help him. And then he would tell me about other people that needed help. And it just kind of started like that. Okay. Oh, Jacqueline, we're going straight for straight for executive suites. <laughs> <laughs> we're going straight to the administration. I heard that. We talked about your diverse upbringing. You know, Army kids, Army brats, they get a little bit of everything. Normally, you moved around the, the country. And wherever Uncle Sam tells your family to go, that's where you have to go. So naturally, that breeds kind of diversity and an openness to, to uh, you know, all different ideas and opinions on, on, on things. But now that you're all grown up, what do you want to give to people, the world, the arts, culture? What is it that Nicole is trying to, trying to put out there and get folks to, to understand? I would say for me, I just want to, I just care a lot about the art scene in Oklahoma and like when I was living in Baton Rouge, I remember I was living there at a time where when Boosie was not necessarily national, but he was making enough noise to where he probably was traveling. And it was like before Wipe Me Down. And I mean, the whole entire Baton Rouge was behind Boosie. Mm -hmm. And I had never seen anything like that. Like it was impossible to not know his music. It was being played at every club. You know, Louisiana, they only play Louisiana music in the club. Right. So he, it was, he was so on just right there in Baton Rouge. And to see that then when we had concerts, like, it would be packed out for mystical, you know, whatever Louisiana showed up. And they didn't have the attitude of, like, oh, they're from here. I've already seen them. They didn't have that attitude. It was just, like, still exciting to them. And seeing that, seeing how they were about their own, really is what inspired me to bring some of that back to Oklahoma. And we need it. And we need it because, I mean, you know, every state, city you go to, you have the internal politics and the things you can and can't do in that particular neighborhood, city, you know, whatever you're trying to do. And there's a lot of that going on right here in Oklahoma um, that go against, you know, the free willing expression of, of black artists and, and just the art scene period. I do think Paseo obviously has kind of stepped up his scene. And like I said, I think the, the, the community in Oklahoma city is, is really kind of flourishing a little bit, at least it's bubbling. Um, but you're right. In order to get that kind of over the top feeling, whether we're talking about a rap artist, a, a singer, you know, I guess the acting scene, the movie scene is kind of bubbling a little bit. Uh, in Oklahoma City with the dead center um, activity going on. Have, have you guys or have you noticed any of that being a writer, kind of being involved in 
the documentaries and, and, and short movies and things like that? Is that is that scene kind of a little more lively than the music right now? Yeah, it does. I know when, because um, when I first started out in film in 2015, we were like the only ones doing film, black, black people. White people have always been doing film. Mm-hmm. But as far as a group of black people, we were the only Whatever ones that say. were really doing it. But now that they have um, like Green Pastures <laughs> and um, the studios that they've created here is giving people more opportunities. So now people can see themselves actually doing film and they're they're being taught how to do like the lighting and all that stuff. So now they're like, it's like more of a reality for them. And you know, I think like like our conversations about not being able to get to the next level, I don't feel like the white people in Oklahoma feel that way. Because like you said, oh, we've had Ke- Carrie Underwood, Blake mm-hmm. Shelton, you know, we've had a number of success stories come out of Oklahoma. We just haven't had any black success stories. And I think that they support each other differently. Like, I think they're probably giving that continuous support to each other where we haven't conquered that yet. That's par for the course for America. You know, it, it's certainly different perspectives between uh, white folks and black folks, especially when you're talking about getting to that level of success. And I guess that kind of that brings me back to when you first walked in and I asked you about the uh, Writing Legacy documentary and I asked you about the Dead Center Festival. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know what? That's kind of bubbling right now. That's one of the good positives in the arts uh, culture that's that's happening right here in Oklahoma City. I asked you guys if you, you know, submitted the documentary and you guys were like, eh. Well, you were like, eh, I don't, you know, I don't know if they really want to do that. And and unfortunately, you know, I think that's kind of where we've been kind of, you know what I mean? I don't know, yeah. brainwash is the right word, but we've been kind of, I guess, knocked down yeah, to think, think that why waste our time even doing it? They have no interest in it. Right. And like we, for Writing Legacy, we did submit to Death Center, but initially before we submitted, like when we were just talking about film festivals, and when I talked about film festivals with other projects, I was always the person that was just kind of like, I don't know, like, and I guess, like you said, I think I was just programmed to think like I wouldn't be chosen anyway. So just like, it just seemed like a waste. And I know you got to pay and all that stuff. So I think I was just thinking like, I don't know if it's worth it. But um, when I, the more I thought about it, I was like, I think it's worth it for people that get accepted. You know, like if you get accepted yeah. and, you know, it's worth it. But if you think you won't get accepted, which I think was the, the mentality that I had, um, then, you know, it kind of makes you stagnant on purpose. Like, you know, you made yourself stagnant. I'm going to tell you something your boy uh, Josiah told me. I had Josiah Overstreet. It was my last uh, interview. And he dropped some game on me. He said, man, listen, there's 8 billion people on this earth. Somebody... Going to catch a vibe yeah. with you. I'm saying that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he says, somebody out here is going to feel you. Yeah. And, you know, and, and believe me, there's a lot of uh, cowboys in the Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma area, Bowley area, that are very appreciative yeah. of, of, of what you guys did. What kind of, I know you've had uh, positive feedback uh, on that documentary. What, what has some of it been? Uh, 
I think a, a lot of people just are saying like it's just really it captured them in a beautiful light um and it, it is a beautiful thing and I think like a lot of people were saying that they had never had an interest in going to a rodeo and now they're like oh I need to be out there mm-hmm. um the cowboys they're so heavy in the life that it's almost like like people that aren't on so that aren't on social media, how they don't really like they're not really into what's going on, on social media. Right. They're so into that cowboy life that they're like, Okay, y'all wanna y'all wanna interview us? Okay. Like but they'll do the interview and go right back to doing whatever and not even think no more about the fact that they was interviewed. Right. Because they're just so like into that. Not even thinking about what's after. Is that right? Nothing. They're not when, asking when, us. When, when are you going to post out. this? <laughs> 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 they, don't, they don't even care about it. So I think they're like, oh, y'all actually did it? Like, oh. I think they're more shocked at that. Like, oh, y'all weren't just in our face just wasting our time? Uh, it's a, hey, that's a different world. You know what I mean? That's a different world. Um, I got a grandfather, uh, rest in peace, no longer with us, but he. He lived in Spencer, and yeah, he was still cowboy. He still had cows, horses, you know, pigs, chickens. Like he was still out there living, yeah. you know. And this is this is what this is ten years ago, you know what I mean? So, nah, it's uh, it, it's real out there, and um, I'm sure you know. And and those rodeos, you got folks from Kansas, folks from Texas, you know, all the neighboring states. They coming down to to be a part of it. Yeah, and we had like a little joke with us. We would call it like cowboy time because we would try to meet up with people and they'd be like, oh, was something happening like with my horse? Or they have like all this stuff going on. And we'd be like, they'd be like, so I'm not going to be able to make it. We'd be like, we on day time. Like whenever they have time because they got a whole thing that they do every day. Oh, man. And they don't they don't foresee interviews being thrown in the mix of that. Right, right. Now they got to get hay for the horses. Yeah. They gotta they gotta throw the old water out, put in new water. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They gotta yeah, they got it's a it's a whole it's a whole list yeah. of things, man. And yeah, mo- you know, I'm not called not to say that they're not modern, but just modern living folks like what you and I, saying? man. The first thing I do, I grab my phone. Right. You know, so <laughs> now nah, respect to those guys and gals and lay. I know some ladies out there doing their thing too. Um and I got a special lady in the house, Miss Nicole Jacqueline. Nicole, what which one which did I see you? I know you said you were interviewing some of the, the cowboys for the documentary, but I feel like I've seen you be a part of two or three other podcasts also. Where I don't know if they were just yours or you're just a part of the board or Um, I had well, I have a, a show called FaceTime with Nicole Jacqueline. So that I like when I'm not really busy doing the other stuff, you know, then that's when I wanna take the time to to interview people because, you know, I have like the journalism background. I always like interviewing people and especially people that I feel like don't get enough shine here. There you go. So that's, that's a thing, but it's not like a set thing that happens like at a set time. Um, it's just whenever I have time to do it. And then one of my friends, um, LaRonda Marie, she has a, a Facebook live that she does like every Thursday called Under Construction with LaRonda Marie. And then I help her produce that. So Okay, no doubt. Staying busy, like I said. She's in the mix, nice. no doubt. <laughs> that's dedication, man. And that's, uh, you know, whether it's you on a podcast, whether it's a friend of yours, or whether you're writing or producing. I mean, for one, that's talent, you know, to be to have an eye and an ear for all those, those different things. 
Um, is it safe to say you're nosy? <laughs> you know, it's like I am, but only for stuff that's motivating. So, like, you know how there's like, okay, like Facebook, people that be on Facebook a lot, it'd be like drama. Mm-hmm. And then people that are like on Instagram, it's more like promoting. So, like, I'm more nosy about what do you have on? Like, what are you working on? Or, what you know, like, what are your aspirations? Whereas I'm not really nosy about, like, personal life stuff. Now, I see, because I came up as a writer also, and that's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to, to be a sports writer. I wanted to, you know, go to the games and write about it and go home. Like, that. what could be better than that? Uh, but I'll admit, I'm nosy. I am. Now, I'll keep our, your business to myself. I'm not going to spread your business, but... Yeah, I want to know just just because as being someone in the arts is social media and all that. Is that kind of sullying the arts community? Anybody can be a director, producer, put anything together, a skit or whatever. Does that kind of kind of bring down the the true reasoning for folks being in this art in the first place? I think um, it's helpful if the people are really into it. But I think um, with social media, what you'll find is people start and stop a lot of things. So, you know, you look in somebody's bio and they may be one thing, you know, one title, and then six months later, they've erased that and now there's something else. So I think people just get motivated, so motivated by what they see that they're like, oh, I'm going to do that too but they don't really have any real love in doing it. They just like saw somebody else doing it. And then, so they start doing it, realize they're not that dedicated and stop it. So it just kind of makes people not take the art seriously because so many people are not really dedicated to it. And they heard that Instagram was cutting checks. Right. And, you know, and, and their favorite, I guess, influencer. You know, flash the bag of money in their face, and, and they feel like, <laughs> "Hey, we can do that. I can, let's, let's go do it." Whatever you um, say. Whatever you say. Does that does that make you feel some type of way? Do you, I mean, like, do you cut cut the side eye at 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 folks who are trying to go? I don't know if it's the easy route because I mean, if you're really true about it, it's nothing's easy. But you know, the social media kind of, I don't know, like like you're you're a writer, right? And you, you made a you wrote, wrote for a couple movies and documentaries and things like that. Like, do you look different at, at, at folks going the reality show route? Uh, no, I know like reality shows. Like I was thinking about like back in the day, how, like if you had a music video, you were on, like that's all it took for you to get a music video on MTV yeah. or BET. And that was it now because the situation is so differently that's not enough so now the new people that are getting on immediately are the reality tv stars like you on a reality tv show that's it like like everybody knows you you can you know get you know endorsements or whatever you're trying to do so i see why people are doing it i do think it's weird when people that i feel like have other routes go to reality tv route but if you just at the house and you get a reality tv opportunity you might as well jump on it quit yeah. playing but still keep it real. I mean, you know, I, I guess, yeah, you want to keep it real and be true to yourself. But also, it's, it's TV. You got to give people a reason to come back. So you got to throw a drink on somebody at least, you know, every every other week or something. Now, see, what I you don't know. like is that they say that's not really me. 
Because I'm like, if I've been watching you for eight seasons, that's you. <laughs> that's you. That's you. That's all I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not about to convince me this is not you. They edit it a certain yeah. way. For eight seasons? Like, no. Would you write for one? Because, you know, they, they have writers and they have, you know, folks that, that write up situations and, uh, uh, you know, transgressions. Would you? See, I would. They, if, they, if they called Nicole, so let's, let's get some of that. I would only be able to do it if I was, like, taking stuff out of their real life. Like, if I could sit down with you, I may take the thing that you don't want to talk about, but just making up something that never happened just for you to do it on, like, TV. I mean, oh. maybe it happened, but it's just petty, and it's just oh. it's just silly. It's old girl stole old girl's man. Nicole, write me something about that. I'd be like, where's Lifetime? <laughs> <laughs> Let me go write for them. Say, and the check will be what again? <laughs> send that. Send the invoice to me again. Let me think about it. No, it, it's uh, money and art, man. That's a that's a you know that's a. Yeah. That's a combination. You know, I had, I remember I had J.B. Williams in here, um, two-time Emmy-winning rapper right here out of OKC. And when you're talking about folks who are, quote-unquote, on, mm-hmm. he seems to be yeah. kind of on that, that road to be, to be the next one. But he said something interesting to me. You know, he said he didn't, you know, he has kids and things. He said he wouldn't want his daughter or his kids to get in the quote-unquote arts field just because it's, it's hard mm-hmm. you know there is no all right go get a degree now be an expert right. artist you know now yeah. there is none of that and it and it's a lot of giving of yourself without a lot of without a lot of pats on the back coming back to you yeah i can definitely see that because um, you know like if you want to be a doctor like the way we view doctors as like one of the highest professions, any one of us could go do that. You know, like any one of us could go to school, learn it, and we would be a doctor. Right. It's it's obtainable. But the goals that we have as artists, some of those goals will never be obtained because, you know, it just it's not a guarantee. So I can see like him saying that. I think um You feel you feel the same way? Um I, I would say I would just push I would say whatever you want to do wholeheartedly because I would never want anybody to fall into a field like I know people that like are nurses and they're like I'm not a nurse no more and I'm like dang all that nursing school y'all don't want to be nurses no more <laughs> right. like I can't imagine but it's like I would never want you to put all that time and money into something and then just be like nah you know and then like when you think about a nursing field i only want people in that field that really want to be there. i want to be there like right. <laughs> if this is just something you're doing for the right. money like go do something else same thing with working with kids i feel like you should only be in that field if you really want to be there so i just would wish everybody would just be doing what they want to do whatever that is yeah whatever that is you got kids i have a guardianship over a little baby boy right now over a little baby boy yeah I don't know how long is that, if that's going to last for forever. But what if he, he comes up watching watching Nicole and she writes, I want to write. Let, let's, let me get up in this. Nicole, but, you know, help me help me out. Let me read some of my writings. And see, I would hope that I would be in a situation to where that's a lot easier to do. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I, I follow the celebrity kids and it doesn't seem like, their parents doing music has really helped them that much. 
But I think it's because they don't have the same hustle that we have who didn't have that luxury. Yeah, and kid, kids are different. You know, it's, they're, they're wired a little different now. And then maybe just simply they're not as talented as their parents. You know, that, that could be that could be it, that could be it too. <laughs> you know, like, you, you all right, but uh, you ain't out with your daddy had, you know. Um, there's a lot of that going on. What was I watching? I was watching my man, uh, God, I forgot his real name, but he just died on Snowfall, man. OG, OG Unk. That's the... Unk Jerome. I'm one of them people that's only like two episodes into the season. Damn. <laughs> but I know social media has already let me know just kill it for you. that Jerome has, is no longer with us. I, the way It may look like none of them no longer with us, but I don't know. From the from what this little post that I saw, yeah, it doesn't look like a happy ending. I, I haven't seen this last one. Like, cause I think it just wrapped up this last week. I haven't seen this. As a matter of fact, when we get done with this, I might go, go check it out. It. But but now nah, I, I don't think it ends well for, for any of them from, from what I can see. But I was watching some posts from him, and he was talking about how art imitating life, life imitating art, mm-hmm. and and how, you know, and it was it was in reference to him dying in this last episode and how um, black men dying is America's top currency right now. You know, mass incarceration, uh, just, you know, (laughs) what they do with, with, with videos on social media and just putting them out there and watching folks die and all that. What, what does that, I always wanted to ask someone, what does that mean to you? Because people just throw that term out there. Art imitates life, life imitates art, and it's a true statement. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean? Does that mean the artist should try to stay within the realm of real life actions and and, and real life instances? Or, you know, is it okay to get out there and get kind of wild, but still calling it art? Um, I like to to stay in the, the reality space. You know, like I in 2020, 2020, when everyone was like locked down from COVID, you know, I was kind of like, because I had that journalism background, I was like, no, nah, we have to document this. Like one day, like, like we can't tell what this was like next year because yeah. we're not going to be in the same headspace. So we did like a series called Quarantine Dreams where we were just like everything that was going on with the pandemic in real life, we were making the characters deal with that. And it was an art imitating life type situation. Um, and then I think sometimes, like, you know, you see art and then, like, you get influenced by it. You know, like, the, the twerk era, you know, that came from somebody seeing somebody repeatedly doing something. <laughs> and then now you're doing it. So I think, you know, it's you being influenced by art and then you influencing art kind of at the same time. What about the push that, that uh, the ladies are having right now? You had the show Swarm. Mm-hmm. So that was a dope show. Yeah. Uh, Swarm. Um, what's this? The other show that's going on right now. Uh, my daughter told me about Yellow Jackets. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Um, about a, a volley, a soccer team, and they have a plane crash and they're stranded out in somewhere for like a year and a half, and and like cannibalism becomes an issue, and it was it was it's crazy. <laughs> Um, but um, you got those two. You got another one called Power, The Power. It's about a group of girls that have the power to shoot electricity out their hands. Mm. 
Um, I mean, it just it seems like just women are really getting out there. You've seen the the the, the women's national uh, championship in, in in college games. The women's game was much more exciting, much more talked about than the men's game. I feel like women are really are really getting out there and 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 and, and stomping their footprint in in this field of of arts, music, just overall rising up in society can you feel that what's that feel like for someone that's trying to make those same waves yeah i can um because when i think about it i would say the last from the top from the black girls rock era was kind of pushed the whole let's pull each other up Mm -hmm. and i think um watching black girls rock and what that was and then putting it into action has really positioned the people that you see now to be able to make the moves that they're making because I feel like women are opening up doors for other women. Me too. Time's up, you know? Yeah. Like that got a lot of people out of here. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I think women more have a voice now because where before, you know, they kind of felt like they couldn't speak on certain things. And now it's like, you almost have to watch what you say because you can get somebody canceled, you know? Yeah. But you do have the freedom, yeah. At least can. you know, because yeah. because women and and women are being unapologetic right now. Yeah. Like Angel Reese, she mm-hmm. said, uh, "Jill Biden, no, nah, nah, we not, no, never mind. We'll go see the Obamas." <laughs> you know, that that's a ballsy thing to say. Yeah. You know, and and you know, Jill Biden, they 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 Joe Biden really started it. <laughs> Angel said that uh, Joe Biden didn't even put LSU in their bracket. Uh, didn't even have them getting out the second round or something like that. And so they kind of took offense to that. And, you know, he's an old 80-something-year-old man. Who who knows? Uh, but, you know, she took offense to that. And, you know, Jill Biden said what she said about uh, inviting Iowa to the White House also along with LSU. Never seen the losing team right, get, invited. get invited to the White House. But Angel Reese from the jump was like, nah, we good. <laughs> that that's took I was like, damn, that's uh she's not playing, man. And that that was I was proud of her. That was a ballsy thing to go into. As a woman, I don't know how much yeah. you are into into athletics, but what does that do for for yeah. women? Just your average woman sitting at the house watching that. You know, I think when people take those type of stances, you're like waiting to see, okay, what's gonna happen now? So I think it was kinda like, Oh, nothing's gonna happen. So then it makes you feel more confident to you know speak on what you want to speak on because it's like worst case scenario what's gonna happen where's kamala harris uh i don't know (laughs) what what, i mean i I would think this is i hadn't heard that name in a long time Uh, right Right. and listen she's in a tough position right your boss spoke out and kind of said something unpopular so now people think you should kind of jump. You know, kind it's a tough. But then it kind of makes it look, you know. It's a tough weird. position to be yeah. in. But, yeah, but the fact that you can't, you know, I mean, nothing at all. Nothing. You're a smart lady. You know how to make it sound good, you know. But it, it's obvious, man. And, and, Nicole, I think you kind of, you're kind of Oklahoma City's version of, of, you know, in my mind, of, of women kind of on that art scene. No matter how big or small you are on that scene, uh, you know. This is our. This is OKC's Issa Rae right now. Hey. Huh? <laughs> Issa Rae. What's little mama from um from uh Blackish? She's taking that early Blackish money and flipping it already. Right. 
um, on the music scene, I know you're a heavy hip hop head. What's your what's what's your era? Nineties, yeah, early two thousand. I'll say nineties. Yeah, nineties, early two thousands. You know, we're just talking about women in the arts. Music is Whatever the arts, you say. You say. a part of it, should I say? But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Nicole. The win- the women rappers right now. Eesh, what are we gonna do with them? You know, I feel like Eesh. the what like I really like Lotto and I like Megan. I like Cardi. I think what, what people are feeling is that it's so many female rappers where before it was one. Well, it's so many and they're all on the same thing. And and I think they're all on the same thing because they know if they were on anything different, we wouldn't even know their names. And I hate that for my girl, uh, Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Rhapsody's yeah. dope. Yeah, you know, I like her. She's she's dope, but you, you don't. She she's not out there like that. So you're not gonna see a video unless you go search for it. You know, like right. that. And it's like, why is? I mean, I, it really just is a a sex sales thing. And it's it's really how do you get away from that? Because if you can't get away from it. People like Rhapsody are never going to get the attention that they deserve and everyone else is. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, um, who's the chick I saw the other day? I saw a chick named Connie Diamonds. Uh, It was somebody that LeBron co-signed. He, like, retweeted a video and she was spitting. It was dope. It was, was, matter of fact, she took took a sample from Ludacris's Move, Get Out the Way. Mm -hmm. And and flipped it and it was and it was dope and she you know had her clothes on and it was it was cool it was a, it was a hip hop video, um, and you know we'll see what happens out of that we'll see what a LeBron cosign can can do for you, right. uh, even for a female rapper but but I'm just you know my booty hole brown like I'm, I'm like <laughs> like what are we what are we talking about you right. know I, I get it dudes we've fellas we've had our moments in rap too where we've said some. Some silly stuff, like you know, some 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 unprogressive things. But my booty hole, I don't, I don't get that one. You I, know, I think what's interesting to me about it is how like all these girls are really like the daughters of Little Kim and Foxy Brown. <laughs> right. Like, I, I wonder, do they realize that? Like, I like, do they realize how they got this style? Like, they they would from? say they would say. Nikki, they would say they got. They would Nikki. say Nikki and Trina, or, or yeah. you know, you know, maybe Nick. I guess Trina's that same era with, with Kim and them, but yeah, they would say Nikki. They would say Nikki, not you knowing know. like you, the people that literally started it are alive and well. Like, and I want to do little Kim and, and Foxy Brown look around like, look at look at what we look did. at what like, we did. This is us. I, yeah, I mean it's a double edged sword, you know. Yeah, the the backlash may not be that positive. The image that you're giving out may not be that positive, but, you know, this is America. You need your money, so right. you're taking care of your family, hopefully. You know, bought your mama a house or something, but um, it's 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 tough. And I have a daughter. Um, she's in college. You know, she's not at that young, impressionable age, luckily, but, you know, still. She's still young out here. I'm a hip-hop head, and I shouldn't even, you know— Random rapper, you know, video scrolls on my social media. It's not really something I should really pay attention to. But once I hear what color your booty hole is, I say, what, <laughs> like, what are we what are we doing? 
Now, let me ask you this, because I know like Lotto, who I, I really like, um, I feel like she's kind of said in her music in a way like, I'm just rapping like this because I know this is what y'all want. Right. So like, would you be okay with like your daughter just taking on that image to sell records, but personally being just on something different? Yeah, because uh, Lotto was on... The rap game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember I saw, I think I saw a couple of episodes. I didn't know that was her, though. When she came out with the big, big energy, whatever song, yeah. I was like, wow, that's her? And she grew up. You're asking if, if, I, if my daughter was just putting on, just doing it because she knew that's what everybody wanted to hear. Yeah, that, that would probably bother me. But didn't her peoples come from the industry? Uh, I, I don't remember if they came from the industry, but I remember her dad was her manager. And, um... So I, I just remember, like, her dad is her manager. So when I listen to her stuff, you know, I'm like, I know she has, a, like, a father figure. But yeah. I feel like she said a little stuff, like, every now and then. A song just kind of, like, I'm not, like, a hoe. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, I'm not this. Yeah. But I know this is the type of music that y'all want to hear. It Once again, it's a double-edged sword because I guess you're being real with yourself. You're being real with your fans. But I don't know if that's going to help your career. Mm-hmm. I think the other side of it, and just being on the male side of things and coming up in the 90s with gangster rap, we kind of wanted to believe that these cats was out there doing that shit. Uh, right. We kind of wanted to, even though we knew it wasn't the smartest thing if they were. And, you know, especially when then Tupac got off shooting the police. We was like, oh, well, shit. Maybe you can't. We <laughs> say, can't live this Maybe life. you can do this shit and get away with it and then go get a movie deal. Okay. Well, that's how it goes. I think once you admit, I don't know how many times she said that. I, now that you said that, if I see a, 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 a now I'm probably go. Like in, you just really listen to it. It's yeah, like, I'm gonna I'm go interview. Listen to her now. freestyles. Like yeah. go on her page. Look, at, listen to her freestyles. It gives me like, like I feel like what I like about Lotto is I feel like she studied the game. That's and, why I think her people's yeah. has been in it, or her daddy or something was an artist. And she's been groomed. And she, and she knows what yeah. she has to do. Right. And it's like, right. check, check, check. And I think she's looking like, this is actually working. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, right, right. And listen, a, a, a beautiful woman should, should never, you know, play herself down, you know, to yeah. not, not be beautiful and not be confident and, and, and go out there and throw it in everybody's face like that. But, <laughs> you know, do you. But, you know, it, it, it gets wild out there because, yeah, the little girls who are not on your level and who do not have your resources and, to, and who do not have a checklist of, okay, just do this, do that, do that, and I get in the game, you know, they talk about other stuff and probably doing it too. I can imagine. But I think, you know, like, I remember when people didn't curse on TV. And, you know, when they start up. changing little things, you always have one side of people that's like, yeah. This is not a big deal. Do you have what the other side saying? of people that's like, makes saying? it a big deal? And you think that they're exaggerating the situation, <laughs> but a little change, a little change, a little change, and then you look up and everything's changed. Everything's different. And we were talking about snowfall. Have you noticed that snowfall has no, it's just, you can cuss and say whatever cuss words you want on there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, re- I remember like shows that came on at seven and eight o'clock, you still, there still was no cussing. Right. Like. That's gone out the window. And when I think I, I grew up watching like Family Matters and these kids, they're going up watching 
stars like p valley you know <laughs> like so you can't expect the same from these kids that are watching p valley at 14 years old yeah. that from the us who was watching say by the bell man i love say by the bell <laughs> zach and kelly and them and they keeping up with who was the kid's name from power the Oh, Tariq. Tariq and them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, you know, uh, you brought that up, took me right there. As a, as a creator in this business, up and coming, whatever, local, whatever you want to call it, you know, that's your title. You, you, you're a creator right here at whatever level you're at. We know the difference. We know the fundamental difference between shows like Power, BMF, uh, snowfall, whatever, raising Canaan, right? Mm-hmm. We know the fundamental. First of all, shout out to Fifty Cent. You right. know, three, just took over three or three or four of them shows all his. Right. Let me write some. But there's but there's obviously a difference between those shows, those urban tales, mm-hmm. and other kind of crime riddled series, um, The Sopranos, The Wire, Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, bigger budgets. You know, the second group have like longtime actors that have been doing it for a while. The first group, you know, they kind of like breaking actors. Mm-hmm. You know, you throw a rapper in there to do a terrible job acting <laughs> a specific specific scene, but it kind of works, yeah. right? Um, the budget isn't as big. The writing isn't as good. But is it more than that, though? Is or, or is there always a a market for those type of shows, lower budgets and and and, and things like that? Um, is, is that the difference? Just bigger budgets and, and and known actors. I think so. Like when I think of like the stuff on like a lot of films I've watched on Tubi, they're the same type of storylines. The only difference is bigger budget and actors you know you may watch an independent film and you may like critique it but what the real problem is you're not convinced with the acting or you feel like it just doesn't look polished enough but everybody's telling the same you know type stories is that all it is how much would bmf be improved with just like some simple as better writing um I think, you know, better writing for any show would definitely improve it, but you have to make sure that the, the actors can actually pull off that better writing. And then sometimes, like, I'll see an actor in one thing, and they'll be great, and then I'll see them in something else, and I'm like, they weren't that great. So you got to be make sure that the director know your lane. is going to pull that out of you. Yeah. You know, some, like some of the stuff that we watched that we're really impressed with, that director made them do that a whole bunch of times. Whereas somebody else may say, oh, well, you're this person, so I'm not going to be, just just do it. And it's like, no, you, I don't care if that person has a name. If they ain't do it right, make them do it again. Yeah, yeah. Have you had to do that? Have you had to, have you written something for somebody and they didn't? It's like, oh, that ain't me. I'm not, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not doing that. Yeah, sometimes people are like, they, they're afraid to do stuff that's not them. And it's like, what's acting? This is what it is. You know, like, you're not supposed to be like, playing yourself but and then Oklahoma like we're I don't know if it's because we're the Bible Bell or because it's slower here but we're very reserved so 
if we don't like to get out of our comfort zone too much. So, you know, so acting takes people out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, I got to hug him. Like, come on, girl. You know, you got to hug some people. Like, <laughs> like, you know, we just act so like we've never done anything or went anywhere here. Um, so, yeah, you got to just pull people out. So what's that look like for writer Nicole Jacqueline? Um, you've written the, the little Internet stories about relationships and things like that. So when we gonna get the horror movie? When we gonna get the, the 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 kind of outside the box, philosophic thinker? And see, we were trying to do a horror movie. Um, we actually want to do it every year, like around Halloween. Uh, Vito Heroes, like I want to do a horror movie. But we were trying to figure out what was scary to black people without, because you know you can get cheesy real quick, <laughs> and like it'd be like turn into scary movie, like by the Wayans Brothers. But as close <laughs> as we were able to get was a film called Get Over It, where uh, a black boy grows up and murders, no, as a kid, he murders his mother because she told him that his father wasn't really his father. And he was. So we were kind of saying like, um, uh, like the thought of a black son turning against a mom is like not what you do in a black community. Mm-hmm. So that would what be like a natural scary thing that that would even be like possible. <laughs> then um, it's called get over it because, you know, sometimes parents lie to their kids. They don't give them the full truth. And then when the truth comes out, they don't expect the child to have any type of reaction. Mm-hmm. And then when the child does have a reaction, it's like, well, how long you go have that reaction? Like, okay, you, you was talking about that last year. Like, get over it. So it's kind of saying, well, what happens when that child don't get over it and they hold you accountable and they take it out on you? Ooh. So that was as scary as we could get. Ooh. But hopefully we can get scarier in the future. Hey, listen, <laughs> I I, um, I don't like to admit this, but I do a lot of daytime court show TV watching. <laughs> and and that sounds like a, a, a Judge Mathis episode. It, you know, somebody... Need to intervene. The son, the 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 mama the, kept a secret from the from the son, and now now they on Judge Mathis spilling <laughs> all the beans. Yeah, that yeah, and you know what? Usually those shows end in both of them in tears, man. Mm-hmm. So, is that a horror movie per se? I don't know. I guess it depends on the reaction that the <laughs> the, the, the the son it, gets from from the news. It's from more the like mama. a thriller, I would say, because like with us, like I'm trying to think of like the scariest. What's the scariest horror movie that you've seen with black people? And I don't know if you've seen this movie, but you need to watch it. Um, because I think this is this movie was hinting on that. It's called Tyrell. I heard that name. And it got and it got oh matter of fact, oh boy, what's his name? Um, Jason Mitchell Tyler. Oh yeah, I saw a little bit of that. He's like the only black person. It, that, that he, he's the only black person. He's hanging out with these white boys. They go out to some cabin. He knows like one of them, and it's one of those tag along, you know, come with me, yeah. we're going to hang out at the cabin type things. He knows like one or two of the white boys, but the other five, six don't know him, right? Mm-hmm. His name is Tyrell. I can't remember if his name is Tyrell. I think it is Tyrell. Or his name is Tyler, and they kept calling him Tyrell. Oh. What it's about, it's kind of one of those psychological thriller yeah. type things. It's not, a, it's not any blood. Yeah. There's no fighting. There's no blood. There's no killing. But it's a psychological kind of mental thing because 
don't know if you hung around a bunch of white people, but when they get to drinking, right, especially white boys, college-age white boys, they get to drinking, they get around each other, they get to wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. The one black guy in the, in the group, of course they have six different names for him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was one of those situations where you can only imagine what he's thinking. Right. Right. That's one of those fearful situations, I think, that only black people, specifically black men, can know about, can feel. Yeah. You know, where I'm out here in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. with these white guys, the white people. If something happens, who's going to be the first one? You know, it's just one of those type of things. But like I said, no blood was shed. No axe murderer. But it was a it was a it wasn't a horror, but it, you, you, you were thinking after yeah. that one. And I think that's what Jordan Peele has discovered is that He's our mastered that shit. fear yeah. is what happens at the hands of white people. To yeah. us. And like like we can watch prison movies all day. Nothing. Some of us can watch slave movies all day and it's so far back, nothing. Like no one's, black people aren't afraid of being in the woods with other black people. Yeah. You know, we're not afraid of our car stopping with other black people. Our fear is only wrapped up in certain things. And I think the racial thing is what it's wrapped up in. So it's kind of like, well, how do you not do that to death? You know, like just keep repeating that. Cause do you remember the movie O with, um, Makai Pfeiffer. Makai Pfeiffer and yeah. Julia Stiles, I think. Yeah. And that kind of played on that, like, the psyche of, like... Because he was the only black guy yeah. at all. I don't know if he's the only one, but he was at an all-white school. Yeah. He was a star of the basketball team. but it And it was it was, it was was after uh, the play Othello. Yeah. And it was kind of that whole dynamic, similar storyline. Betrayal and things like that. Your friend stabbing you in the back and all that. So, and... Yeah, Jordan Peele and and even your boy um, Gambino. Yeah, yeah, Josh Gambino. They've kind of yeah. mastered that yeah. that 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 lane right now. Now I wasn't a fan of Jordan Peele's what the Nope. Nope. I, it was stupid to me. Whatever. I haven't watched Nope. Was, don't you're not missing nothing. Um, I like to see my girl. Uh, what's her name? Pratt. Kiki. Kiki. I like her. She's dope. She's dope. I got Nicole Jacqueline in the studio. She's dope too. We're talking arts, movie, music, you know, you know, all that stuff, whatever. We're in OKC, man, trying to get this thing popping. And Nicole is doing all she can, man. She's a part of that. You're a creator, (laughs) Nicole. You like that? You like that title? I like that title. Yeah? Yeah. Makes you feel like, you know, you're, I guess, creating something, something that wasn't there before. Creating and curating. Mm. After it's created, I'm I'm fine-tuning this thing. Make sure it maintains. Make sure it lasts. And uh, and I'm impressed with your openness with with you know uh, everybody in in the field. You know I feel like if it's like somebody out there and they're trying to make some move uh, on their own and in in an artistic format, uh, Nicole's all all for it. You know, yeah. with the way movies are are kind of going right now, is it? It seems like it's easier, just like music. Mm-hmm. You know, just like social media, you just have a phone and you can make a video, record yourself doing whatever. You know, it, it's kind of out there for everybody. Same thing with movies. You know, if you want to hold a phone for two hours and record something, you could do that, you right. know, and attack it, attach it to a script. And, and there you have it. You have a movie. Um, is that good or bad for quality? 
because I've been having folks in here and I'd ask them, you know, same thing with music. $10 a month, you can get every song ever made. Is that really a good thing? <laughs> is, that, is that always the, the, the best as far as what we're getting out there? But at the same time, you are allowing everything to get out there. Right. Right. I think I think it's good. Like, I know people like make jokes about like the movies, like on Tubi or whatever. But <laughs> I, you know, I watch the movies. And I'm like, they got their stuff on here. You know, like, especially <laughs> from my position. I'm like, I can't say a word because yeah. y'all got y'all stuff on here. And I don't see a boom mic in the scene. <laughs> I can hear everybody like Y'all are the walls shaking when you close you know, the door? Y'all done got the finest girls y'all know to be in it. Like, I ain't mad. But I feel like what it does is, okay, they put that, you put your stuff out there, we watch it, we critique it, now you can get better. But if no one, if there was no streaming app that gave you the opportunity to put it out there, you'd still be waiting for Hollywood to let you do it. But now these people can do it themselves or, you know, sell it or however you know they're doing it. It's all kind of uh, black apps quote unquote yeah. that are you know highlighting the, the the black actors and producers writers and all that it's a it's a beautiful thing but you know sometimes and you know how we do you know how we do each other we see something right. lackluster it's we're gonna we're yeah. gonna magnetize we be looking it. for some yeah <laughs> truth be told we be looking for it i can't lie i do <laughs> i do if i if i see if i'm watching because i ask we'll be sitting around flicking i say hey you want to watch this movie, baby, hey, who is that? I don't know them. Well, okay, let's watch it. <laughs> and 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 we just and especially especially me, especially us, should I say? First little slip up, first first silly mismatch, <laughs> silly hairstyle. I'm killing it. We killing it. Might turn it off, you know. And, and I mean, how long can we take this? But <laughs> you know, it's it's and then listen. We talked about Jordan Peele. Talked about. Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, the lane that they're making for themselves. Everything that I just said about a low-budget movie that we'll talk about and critique and, 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 you know, rag to the cows come home. Tyler Perry has made a billion dollars off of just that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Nicole. Yeah. Tyler Perry, as much success as he's, he's, he's racked up for himself and for other people, Right, that's your best legacy. What you're doing for other people, right? Mm-hmm. We gotta stop Tyler what you Perry, saying? man. What you what you or or demand better. <laughs> we need to just demand better. He because he has it now. You have the resources. You're not just doing these little plays at 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 auditoriums. All right, you got the resources. Why can't we demand better from Tyler Perry? I think uh, with Tyler Perry is he he's in a lane. And the yeah. fact that you already know what I'm talking about. <laughs> is that, the fact that you didn't even ask me to, what do you mean? What are you saying? Like, like, what, like, give me an example. You already knew. Well, it's, the thing is, his lane. I, if, I think that he's probably thinking, well, why should I change what I'm doing when I'm continually making money off of it? And y'all are continually watching it. I think what people feel away about is that he's dominating. So like that's all we're seeing. Yeah. So yeah, since he's winning is all we're seeing. But I think in his mind, he's like, I've just been doing the same thing I've been doing and I'm getting richer. So like, but that's the problem. It still looks like a play on my screen and it's supposed to be a movie. That's the issue. Like I said, 
Um, I walk in the other day. Somebody I don't know was watching the Oval, mm, and uh, somebody? <laughs> was watching the Oval. Somebody closed the door. The walls start shaking, and you you know, and and the lady comes in from from getting out of car in a rainstorm. Next scene, she's bone dry, like shit, like that. Mm. You know, it's it's like what do we like like the the part on her hair was on the right. Very next scene, now it's on the left. Like I need detail. I need somebody to pay attention to the it's, details like that's that. That's the continuity department, but you got to let people do their job. Like I think everybody, the hair people, all those people would do their job, but they just got to be allowed to. So I've never been on, you know, a set, you know, with him. I would love to, but I'm just interested to see like how is everybody working in the job that they're supposed to be working in. Yeah, I mean, I guess at the end, something like that does come down to the people you hire. And obviously, Tyler, are you not looking, giving these things a second look over before you send them off to BET and 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 whoever else? Like, come on, man. And you might as well buy BET. Did I think I read something like that? He's in negotiations to to buy it. Like, I don't know, buy it or be a, a you know a, a a majority owner, you know of. BT plus or something like that. So kudos to you, man. And like, and once again, after you make that move, come on, man, the movie's gotta, they gotta step up a notch, G a little bit. And to tell you the truth, you know, which one I did like though, the one movie he did where he was, he was like the cop and he was, uh, uh Alex, Cross. Alex Cross. That was, that was decent to me. Uh, I never saw that one. I liked, uh, the one temptation with journey smollett oh uh, okay yeah. and see that one yeah her and that guy were incredible actors you i know? like i like journey she's been i mean she's been killing it since yeah. a kid yeah so when you can pull like you can write anything but if somebody can pull it off and make it believable it takes your stuff just up yeah. so yeah i feel like she she really made that movie special now the stuff that you write now you say it's usually well when you did kind of write your short stories and things like that and produce them, they were mainly relationship type stuff. Uh, yeah. On the scene was relationship type stuff. Um, then we did, uh, like an hour, hour 15 movie, uh, that was loosely based on the Julius Jones, uh, situation mm. called Paige Howard. And that was when we kind of basically looked at the, the Viola Davis thing that she did. Um, about it and mm-hmm. kind of was like okay how can a how would a person end up in this situation and we just kind of took the the concept but just kind of changed it a little bit in order to bring awareness to to his case and, and where we, and where can they check that one out at? Paige Howard is on YouTube on the Devoted Media Group YouTube page okay I'm going to check that one out yeah I didn't know about that one yeah, and that Julius Jones situation, that was, yeah, that was, that was wild. That was wild. It's even wilder that, like, he's still in there after st- all of that. And and the city came together for him, yeah. though, and at least got him that, right? At least he can, he's out, he can make a phone call, you know what I mean? He can, he can do stuff like that. He's not on the 24-hour oh, lockdown, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, you know, that's, of course, he's not out of there altogether, but. At least his family can see him, talk to him, 
you know, uh, there's a silver lining in there somewhere. But that was a good example of the city coming together and, you know, folks like yourself, folks who are who are in the scene and have some resources, who know some people, uh, all came together and, and, and did what they could for them. Now, ultimately, you know, we're at the mercy of the law, but and, you know, Oklahoma. So, you know, you, you got to take what you can get. But um, it's better, better situation than it was. Yeah, and it almost felt like the world came together. Like I feel like it was like people like everywhere uh, talking about the Julius Jones situation. Yeah. And for me, it was it took too much happen for him not to be out. Because what it showed me was I feel like how they're treating Julius Jones is showing me how they view black people in this state. And unfortunately, there are millions of Julius Julius Joneses, you know, out here in the country in this world. And, you know, as far as the northeast side of Oklahoma City, that's our own little that's our own little version. That's our own little story right there um, of a situation where there are too many questions, too many ifs and buts and who is that and, and, and all that to to be so definitive on on giving someone life like that. So right. uh, no, uh, two fingers and much love to Julius Jones and the Jones family. And we talked about what are some of the different subject matters you would write about staying in your relationship mode. And I guess I almost kind of know the answer to this. When you're talking about the type of actors or, you know, people so so caught up in what they will and won't do. But, you know, love scenes, kissing scenes, dare I say, sex scenes. Do that, is that ever come up in... in in any of your, your 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 movies or stories? Well, in the beginning, when I was still on the scene, I didn't because I would only write stuff that I knew those people would be comfortable doing because I knew they were it was all new. Um, and the thing is, people got their relationships and they got their stuff, <laughs> and they be feeling like they can't explain that to that person, stuff, man. right? And then <laughs> acting is so new here, so it's like first you have to be with somebody that looks at you as an actor. Because if they don't look at you as an yeah. actor or actress, they're going to be looking like, what are you signing up to do? So I try to keep that in mind. I don't want nobody, like, risking a relationship, you know, trying to do a scene or whatever. But I think if I was in a different space dealing with, you know, people that I knew were just, you know, like, were considered actors and were going to get paid for pay. I feel like pay may need to be involved <laughs> before I'm asking you to be right. naked and doing a whole right. bunch of crazy stuff. That, that's true. That's true. I've I've done a, some little short stories and stuff and short movies before, and that does make a difference. Yeah. It does. Like at least t- when you t- tell the person that you with, like that you get in the check, like that kind of <laughs> helps. Yeah. Did you doing all that for free? Uh, but you done a little acting, right? Yeah, you know, sometimes like we can't find people to play roles or whatever, or people say yes and back out, and I'll just like I'll do it yourself. Step in and do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> like I guess I'll do I'll it. I'll act. You, you like it? I mean, is it? Is it? I don't think I don't. I think I know if I were to ask you if you like it more than writing. I don't. I don't think that's true. But it's you get the connection. It's fun in the moment. Um, I know. I feel like I can act better under pressure. Like, okay, we need somebody to do this right now. But, like, if you, like, tell me well in advance, like, this is a script, I may not seem like I can act at all. But if you just need somebody to do it and you have no other option, like, then I can just, I can do it. Really? Okay. Yeah. So don't give Nicole the script. <laughs> just say, hey, come on. 
We need you right now. If you want the best from me, don't have me saying big words like, what's that show, uh, Big Bang Theory? Uh, the guys are like uh, smart you know, scientists, engineers, and all that. And they're always talking scientist jargon. Like, I, I kind of respect them simply for that. You know, to have yeah. a script full of, you know, protons, neutrons, and photosynthesis. You know what I'm saying? They got all these, <laughs> <laughs> they got all these big words that are, that are wrapped up in the script. And, you know, I would imagine that that makes it a little more difficult. So, you know, if you want, if you want me to act, just give me a, give me something simple, man. Yeah, and sometimes like when you write, it's better like to read it aloud or have a table read, because you don't realize how something sounds until the actor tries to say it, and then it's like, not on like that. Like say, you know, something else. It's a little easier. Just, just, just keep it simple. And what do you think? I mean, as someone that that writes and kind of critiques actors, I take I take points away when I'm judging someone's acting if they're just acting like themselves, mm. like. If you're a black actor, and it's funny because Josiah was telling me about this, that the stereotypes in, in acting in Hollywood and stuff. If you're a black actor, especially if I get to know you a little bit and you're from America, mm-hmm. I expect you to know how to get a little hood. Now, that may seem kind of foul, but if you don't, then obviously, and if I'm doing a hood movie, you're, you're not that guy. My point is, if I was doing Snowfall and I ran into Davidson Idris and he comes talking to me like this, I might, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even I would consider him for that role. But, you know, knowing that he has the talent to sit down with some, who the, what I saw, he sat down with Dub C. Yeah, Dub C. Is Dub C <laughs> is his West Coast gangster <laughs> translator. <laughs> And I said, well, you, I, well, I'll be damned, you know, and that's impressive. But, you know, I, I just feel like there's certain energies or emotions you should already kind of have in there somehow. Is that fair? Is that kind of foul for me to have that already? No, because I would um, assume that if you're black and you grew up in America, that you can give off, you know, like the hood stuff that we've at least been seeing on TV all our lives. Is there a an, an epidemic? I feel like we got a problem with the kind of London British actors taking specifically the black actors. It happens on the white white side too, but I've noticed it more on the black actors. The, the English London British guys are taking American jobs. Uh, you know, I think they're just that good. Um, when I like I, I recently went to London a couple of weeks ago for my birthday and I noticed when I was over there, you know, like in the radio, it's American songs. I went to hip hop karaoke. You know, it was nothing but American songs. So I realized it's easier on TV, American shows. It's easier for them to do our accent really? because they're hearing it all the time. So when and then they're going to acting school like they're actually training in that where we're stumbling into it. So it's like you may be a person that just decided you can act trying to compete against somebody that's a trained actor. You know, they're going to get it. And then when they can show the multiple accents, I can't do an accent from a different part of the United States. 
let alone <laughs> another country. You know, I can't do an Atlanta accent or yeah. a New York or a West Coast. So when you have like, when they're coming over here and they can sound West Coast, they can sound East Coast. You know, like they can, like when Judas and the Messiah, the way Daniel Kaluuya was able to sound like Chicago. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's a different level of yeah. acting that they bring in. And that's why they're dominating like that. Now, it is impressive um, because, yeah, you got to have the act, acting chops to back up uh, the new accent that you have. If you're in the acting field, I think you've noticed that. And especially if you're a fan of black art and, and paying attention to these urban shows out here, you notice something. You'll see, you'll see an interview from one of your favorite characters like, oh, really? <laughs> okay. He's from, uh, he's over there with Big Ben. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Who is it? Is it London Delroy? Is he, is he from London or Jamaica? I remember seeing, he was in uh, Crooklyn. The dad from Crooklyn. Uh, Delroy Lindo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now he's, um, I think he's really, his peoples are really from Jamaica. Jamaica, yeah, it was something. Something like that, yeah. But I never heard it in any of his stuff. Like I didn't pick up on that. Uh, what was his name in, in Malcolm X? Uh, Haitian uh, oh, something? Oh, Haitian, Haitian, uh, I was about to say Haitian Jack. <laughs> it was something um, like that. It was a yeah. country, then a name. Georgie, some Archie. West Indian Archie. West Indian Archie. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I guess he did play. I think his people's is from, yeah. from around there, but that was, uh, not nah, Delroy Lindo, man. I, I, I loved him. Who are some of your, your, your favorites out there? Uh, as far as like, the writers and directors um of course are you that are you that much of a nerd you can like watch a movie and tell who who wrote it no but what i will do like i know some snowfall episodes i'll just sit and be like okay now who wrote that episode like i'll, I'll be like i gotta know and i'll start looking them up on imdb and doing all this stuff <laughs> okay and she's um, serious y'all because I can tell, like... Who the hell wrote the yeah, tiger? Who, that's that's what I said. Come on, man. I said, who wrote this? But at the same time, I was like, if they call me... Because they say you can only write one episode. If they call me, you got to make it memorable. Like, you got to, like, do something in the scene. But they did something extreme in that scene. I, I think, you know what? Matter of fact, I think I think OG Jerome said he wrote the the last one. He wrote the last. Oh, so they started or, letting him write, or the or directed it, directed it, oh, directed it, it. Okay. directed it. Um, the last one or the next last. I, I can't remember, but but um, but yeah, I, you know, one thing about the the when they were stuck in the lion cage, yeah, I think that was right when, not right when, but I think maybe a few months prior, John Singleton passed, and I don't know if that was like a, it seemed like it might have been a rush job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't there. Maybe they they didn't have his guidance and his 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 nay or say. Yeah. And I'm thinking is like you know, like you say, all right, y'all. You know, no disrespect, but kind of like all right, boss man ain't here. Yeah. Let's get you know, let's do something crazy. Yeah. Let's write something wild in there. And that was that was pretty wild. Yeah, that was wild. And then th- what made it less wild was that uh, Damson Idris his performance made it like entertaining, you know, like you, you can't just throw any actor into a, a, a lion in a cage in the backyard <laughs> right. without it making it look, just looking dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Give me some of your, your other writers. Um, oh yeah. Issa Rae, definitely. Uh, 
It's a, a girl, Michaela Cole. She's a, a, a British uh, she, <laughs> director. She has a show called I May Destroy You on, uh, I think it's HBO Max. But um, her, um, Ava DuVray, um, I love how she did When They See Us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amara Brocka Kill, she did The Game and Being Mary Jane. I like her. The game? You're talking about, what was that? Uh, the show on BT? Yeah, the show on BT. I like that. And uh, an actor. The first go around. I haven't seen the second installment. Oh, yeah, the second. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. But I feel like Little Mama is a good actress. That, you know, after the TLC thing, where she played. Um, ah, yeah, she was left eye. Then she yeah. played in the Felicia Blakely story. I feel like she's good. Um, well, what was that second one? The Felicia Blakely story. It was like she played a, a stripper turned murderer, but it was a true story. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'll check that one out. I think she's good. Um, Jarrell Jerome, he he was in When They See Us. Was that little daddy that, that went crazy? He got some awards for it, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. You could tell off top watching that. I was like, little daddy about to get something on here. Yeah. And I almost feel the same way with Old Girl on Swarm. Oh, Yeah. She she she's pretty intense, especially that last episode. Because I probably I don't know if you've seen it all. I I I think I'm like on the fifth episode. I almost feel bad for for saying it, but uh, she just acted her ass off. Because there was a moment where she's like, you know, she's on the run, right? She be killing people, mm-hmm. right? So she got to she got to move around. She cuts all her hair off. And portrays a guy. Whatever you say. And you say, you say. I'm sitting there like 20 <laughs> minutes into it, like, damn, where I know cuz from. <laughs> you didn't even recognize yeah, her? No, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and my lady was like, that's her. I was like, who? I was like, damn, I seen little daddy from somewhere. <laughs> but I was like, damn, that's how, that's how dope she was. She would dress like a guy, haircut, fade, stupid. Line was Steve Harvey status. I was like, damn. And, and like, I was, I was impressed. I was watching the show like the first five episodes. Like, I know I've seen this girl before. Yeah. And I finally Googled it. And I saw she was in Judas and the Messiah. And I was like, I would have never, you know, you can tell that they're acting when you don't automatically think of the last role. She was in Judas and Messiah? Yeah, she played uh, his wife or his girlfriend, uh, Frank, Fred Hammond's girlfriend. Ah, that was her. You know what? And she was in that movie that Jamie Foxx was in. That's when I first saw her. She was in that movie that Jamie Foxx was in where they was like shooting power out of their hands and stuff. It was some kind of sci-fi crazy. One of those quarantine movies. Uh, We was all sitting around. they They were just pumping movies out left and right. But she was in that movie. And I forgot the name of it, but it was a scene where she was rapping. She was like trying to rap and try to get on. And she was really rapping. Those were her raps. Hmm. And I was impressed. I was like, wow, okay. She was she was getting it in. And um, and you're right. She was in, in Judas and Messiah. And, and this past one, this Swarm joint, um, and just the sheer intensity of the movie. You know, she's taking folks' heads off, right. you know, every episode. And I was like, damn, this this little girl is something else. She's, she's impressive, man. She's impressive. Yeah. I like that. Who else out there, Nicole? You wanna, you wanna put a Nicole Jacqueline script in in their hands? Ooh, um, I like Lakeith. 
he was in Judas and the Messiah too. Stansfield. Yeah. He's nice. I like him. Yeah, I like him. I still call him Darius. Is that from, uh, from Atlanta? ATL. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy because I remember when I first saw him in there, and then he went to he played Snoop in a uh, Straight Outta Compton. I didn't recognize it as the same person, and then he was Snoop. Yeah, he was Snoop in Straight Outta Compton. Okay, I'll go check that out. And then I would just start seeing him. I was like, whoever his agent is, is killing he, it. He's getting out there, huh? Yeah. I guess same thing for old boy, uh, uh, Majors right now. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Majors? Jonathan Majors, yeah. Yeah. What's up with those pictures, though? What, why, why, though? Well, just tell me why. Uh, why do we need that? I think that um, we have to, like, consider who the creative directors are on probably these photo shoot concepts. You know, I think, cause I think if you went down and said, okay, like I think when people post pictures that people question, they should look to see, okay, who was the creative director? Who was the, and then go look at those people and dig into those people. And then there were your answer lie. But I think everybody else, these actors, I think they just doing what they're told. Really? I, it's almost like when 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 people put pictures out like that, because like that, I think your boy uh, Stansfield did the same thing mm-hmm. at one point. And, and it, at some point, what seems to be happening, at some point you're going to have another announcement behind those pictures. And it's going to kind of bring it all together. Like, oh. That's okay. That's why, because mm-hmm. um, I think Lakeith, you know, you know, and it, it all has to do with their lifestyle and sexuality and things like that. But you know, it, it seems to be the pattern. Um, but still, why? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But you know, much respect to, to Jonathan Majors, though. Um, hell of an actor. I really didn't get into the into the uh, um, Lovecraft. Oh yeah, I no, watched that. That was weird to me. It's kind of strange, but uh, shout out to him, man. We need more of them. Nicole, what what is what is the next thing? What is what is Nicole's uh, notebook getting full of right now? What are we? What's what's on the mind? Uh, for what's me, the next move. I well, we we're putting writing writing legacy into you know the different film festivals. Um, so trying to go that route with that. Also, you know, I would love to, like, sell some scripts, but, of course, that's what everybody's wanting to do. But I'm also uh, trying to do more freelance writing for magazines and publications. Yeah, how can they get in touch with you? How can they find you? Y'all can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. All of that is Nicole Jocelyn. J-O-C-L-E-E-N. Am I going to get anywhere? Because I'm still old school. I'm Facebook and Instagram. Um, I haven't switched over to TikTok and Snapchat. and. They're all different worlds, and they all feed different ambitions. So, like, I'm on TikTok, but I don't know if TikTok is literally doing anything for me. I feel like I get the most from Instagram. Okay. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Kind of. You say not doing anything for you? As far as branding or trying to get to the next level. So, like, um, I feel like on TikTok, uh, it's people that have mastered, uh, like, short videos or funny videos yeah. that, they, that they're that they making money off of. But I don't feel like that's 
necessarily like my lane of what I'm trying to do. I feel like Twitter is for like people that have a lot of opinions that just want to get them off. Like mm-hmm. just, you know, whatever. But, you know, those people may not really be building anything. They just want to get their opinions off. I feel like Instagram is the like the magazine, I guess, of the apps. Like, this is what I'm doing, you know. And then Facebook, I feel like, is family. Like, the people that for real know you. And that's where I'm at, folks. Facebook. <laughs> that's, where we, that's where you can find us. But now, we'll see what happens. But listen, whatever whatever you're doing, the social media needs to be involved some form of fashion. Yeah. Uh, how much you want to get into it, how much you want to give uh, social media of you, I guess that's that's on you, but if you want to promote anything, you want to get it out there, get in front of some eyes, uh, you need to jump on social media. Nicole Jocelyn, I appreciate it, young young lady. Thank you so much for having me on here. No doubt, man. I, um, next go-round, I don't know, next documentary, next script you write, let me know. We can get involved. Real quick, on the script thing, I heard Ice Cube say that like there was a template I think he said John Singleton gave him when they did Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. It was like just a template, like, you know, title here, uh, scene location say. here. Is, is that yeah. is that is that how it is <laughs> to write a script? Is it like that? Just kind of kind of fill in the fill in the spots. It is. When I first started, I didn't have that or know that. So it was just like you trying to make it spaced out to where it looks like a script. Yeah. And then I found out about uh, a site called Celtex. It's C-E-L-T-X dot com. And you can get on there, and it's basically like, just like everything, like character name. You put it in, and then dialogue, like, they formatted everything for wow. you. So anybody that wants to do a script like that, I think that's the easiest way to do it. Listen, look what Ice Cube turned it into. Right. Come on, man. It's like, a, you know, kind of like color by number. All right? Number two is blue, right? Color the blue right here. All you got to do is have the crayons. You know what I'm saying? If you got the mind, if you got the storyline played out in your head, if you got the imagination, sell text might be the next place you need to go, man. Right. Thank Nicole Jocelyn. <laughs> I had no info about that. So now, nah, Nicole, we appreciate the openness. Um, I don't know how many times uh, you told your story out there, but you know, I'm sure somebody be inspired by it. Somebody who hasn't heard it uh, can certainly appreciate it. Thank you. And I just, I try to be open without, uh, what's the word? Talking too much. (laughs) (laughs) And saying something I can't take back. (laughs) Now you're good. You, uh, you've been, uh, you've been on point. I'll go back and listen and and do some editing. I'll give you a call. I I got real quiet on that time of period. I was like, hey, don't, don't want to shortstop your blessings, man. I don't want to shortstop my blessings. Real quick, tell me this: as a as a as a a creator, as an artist, as a writer, it seems like when I talk to people in that, in those same fields, have those same interests. Mm-hmm. Love Jones mm-hmm. is is the beacon. That that is the that is the lighthouse in the middle of the dark ocean. Why is Love Jones kind of when it comes to black creatives? That's their go-to. That's their number one. I think Love Jones was the shift in how we were represented on film. Right. Because we were gangsters up until that point. And then that film gave us black people who actually thought deeply. 
and it made i mean it just was and then it had the poetry it had the whole like neo soul vibes that people in other cities you know were experiencing but you hadn't seen it on film yet it had the Nina, she was a photographer. Um, Darius, he was a writer. It had all that creative energy yeah. that you know we yeah. are. Um, he he was a he was he rode on an old school motorcycle. Yeah, on some James Dean shit. And then you know what <laughs> is funny about Love Jones is Nina. You know how Bill Bellamy was kind of treating her. Yeah. But now think about it, Nina went from one friend to the next. And we tried to act like that, like she ain't even do nothing. <laughs> like, like he wasn't, like somebody was supposed to be tripping in that. In like that situation. you wasn't the reason for this whole, <laughs> this whole mix up. Right, like, you like jumping around from yeah, Bill to Lorenz. And like they all hang together all the time. All the time, they at the poetry bar. Right. Then one day you with this one, the next day you with that one. Like, huh? <laughs> and ain't what? nobody supposed to look at you no way. <laughs> No doubt, but but you know I, I I agree, and that's just something that I uh, I just imagine. I mean I mean it's something I just remember. Any any anybody you you talk to that is in those fields, that's yeah. their that's their go to, you know, or, or that's the one that inspired them, you know, to to write or to act or whatever, you know. Um, also, it was in Chicago. Oh you yeah. You know, you got different scenery than just the yeah. basic New, New York, York, LA. LA. You know. Yeah. So, nah, it was good. It was good. Good conversation, Nicole. This is your Oklahoma creator right here, folks. You want to get involved, find her on social media. I'm certain that she'll point you in the right direction if she can. She may write up something for you right there. She may hand you a number and say, call this person. Or here, meet me this place at 6. I got a job for you. You know, art shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, progression shit. That's what you got to do. Nicole, once again, I appreciate you. And um, by the way, happy late birthday. Thank you. You didn't, get, you didn't turn up too bad in, in London, did you? You know, not not too much, but I will say that people in London are different. Um, I can feel the racism over here that I didn't feel over there. Is it worse? Did, uh, is it oh, worse or, or not as bad? It, it didn't even feel like it existed. Like, I, I really? felt like it was like London was like a Sade record. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. It's nice and smooth. Was it gray and rainy and it stuff? It was. Yeah. People walking, minding their own business. As soon as I got back here, they was like, have your IDs out and yelling, being <laughs> rude for no reason. I said, Americans, <laughs> why are we like this? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> we we had to do some things to, to get this America, get this country how it is right now. We had to, we had to do some unpleasant things, but glad to see you made it back. And... Um, let me know next time you go. It's a vibe. I don't have my passport, though. I got to step my game up, Nicole. I just renewed mine. Uh, I, it lapsed because I didn't go anywhere, so I just renewed it to go. Why not? Why not? Nicole Jocklin, folks. Next go-round, next time something big happens, let's see if we can get it right back in here. Nicole, I appreciate it, miss. Thank you. No doubt. Whatever you say, podcast, folks. Check us out. Be safe out there, huh? I don't think it's white folks. I think it's Negroes. I do not think this is white folks. It could be. It could be white folks. But I think it's Negro. I think a Negro did this. Whatever you say.
is out, man. Hey. Hey, avoid negative sources. People, places, things, and bad habits. B. Believe in yourself. C. Consider things from every angle. D. Don't give up and don't give in. Don't let a damn thing get you down. E. Enjoy life today. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow never come. F. Family and friends are hidden treasures. Talk to them and enjoy their riches. G. Give more than you plan to give each day. H. Hang on to your dream. I. Ignore the bullshit. J. Just do it.